Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the line. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th Expeditionary Sustainment Command. And today we welcome the Team 19 IG team. So gentlemen, thank you for joining us with us today. We have Mr. Rob Foucher. We have Major Rocky Ventura and Captain David Jones. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And um, so, sir, we're going to start with you. You've been you've been doing this the longest. So we got to we got to start with you. So, um, what can you tell me about what brought you to Army Inspector General Corps? Well, back in uh, two thousand one, no, two thousand three, I think it was. Yeah, I uh, got promoted and I ended up going to Hawaii to be the NCOIC of an IG office. And that was the last uh, two years of my active duty career. And then after a five and a half year break in the private sector, I realized I wasn't helping anybody and started applying to become an inspector general again because I really enjoyed the job. And uh, luck would have it, I ended up right back in the same office I retired out of in uh, 25th Infantry Division, Hawaii, as an inspector general, a civilian inspector general. And uh, I have served eight years there before coming to Korea to be the deputy IG here at 19th DSC. Okay, so you've been in the Pacific region then for quite a while? Yes, my all of my IG time is done in the uh, USERPAC area. Uh, yeah, total 13 years okay. IG time, yeah. Great, a lot of experience on board. And uh, so kind of the purpose of this podcast is to, to not only meet the IG team, but kind of uh, dispel some myths, maybe educate the, the listeners on what IG does. So uh, Major Ventura, you're, um, what, 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 what motivated you to want to cross over and get in the IG world? Yeah, so I came on active duty in 2011, uh, came on as a AG branch officer. Uh, after I finished my key development time, I was looking for broadening assignments, talking to my branch manager, seeing what options I had available. And uh, we talked about uh, IG. It wasn't on my radar at that time, but I learned a little bit more about it. And specifically, she said she had an opening in Korea. And hey, I've never been to Korea, so I I got really excited about it. And so, uh, yeah, as fate would have it, here I am uh, serving as the command IG for 19th DSC. And correct me if I'm wrong, you came here from Miami, right? That's correct. My last position, I was serving as the operations officer for Miami MEPS. Okay. Yeah, not many soldiers get to serve in Miami. So what, what was that experience oh, like for hard. you? it was hard. It was tough. I mean, rough. <laughs> the beach life, it's come on now. Mm-hmm. Sunny weather. I, I can't even imagine <laughs> how rough that would be. All right. And uh, Captain Jones, so um, we were just talking before we got on the mic, relatively new to the IG Corps. Uh, what what drew, drew you to this job? Uh, just being able to get out and assist soldiers. I was um, post-KD, I had a broadening assignment being OCT um, at Fort Hood. 
uh, 120th uh, Infantry Battalion, 1st Army. So I wanted to get out and kind of broaden myself. Uh, this is an excellent opportunity, as Major Ventura mentioned. I w- it wasn't on my radar. Uh, just talking with my branch manager and everything is something that um, kind of piqued my interest. Um, so I, as a commander, I heard about IG. We had sent soldiers to sensing sessions and whatnot. Um, but just being able to be a part of it and have that uh, immense uh, broadening and looking into what we what I was looking into, uh, I felt the desire to to be a part of the IG team. Okay, awesome. I'm glad to have you here. And so let's let's get into it then with IG. So um, coming back to you, Rob. So what would if someone you've been doing this for quite a while, like we said before, if someone asks you what IG does, why the Army has an IG, how do you answer that question? I answer it like a seasoned IG. Actually, we get a canned response that's been ingrained as in the IG community for forever. Uh, someone asks, what is, what is an IG? We are the eyes, ears, voice, and conscience of the commanding general of the 19th ESC. And we work solely for the directing authority, which is the commanding general, of whatever unit we work for. Okay, even though we support the chief of staff and the dco and the command sergeant major the one and only person in the 19th esc that can have us do anything direct us to do anything is the cg and we have a direct link to the cg and that's the one thing that is the canned answer and also what we do is a lot of teaching and training and uh the teaching and training and the command ig uh, relationship with the general historically all the way back to 1778 is uh, the only two things that remain the same since General von Steuben wrote the Blue Book. Hmm. Everything else in the Blue Book has changed, but those two things, the command IG and CG relationship and the teaching and training aspect of the IG has been the same for well over 200 years. Hmm. Yeah, the teaching and training part, that was, I was thinking about, I don't think I'd been in a unit before where the IG really took an active teaching and training, but I noticed you guys are active with your um, kind of, we see like the the newsletters and all that. So what can you tell me about that? Is that, does the CG tell you the kind of things he wants you to highlight with that? Or is that more internal? Yeah, so when I met with the CG, we discussed uh, ways that he could use his IG. Uh, we, we had to, you know, we had to teach our commander how to use us and what, what options are available, and then he decides from there. Uh, the the uh, infograms is what we call them. Is, uh, that was something Rob already had going, and we just kind of fell into it. But uh, the CG loves it. The, the team, every, all the feedback we get, we usually get emails right after the, it goes out, and they're thanking us like, hey, I really appreciated that, or I didn't know that, or that was very helpful. So... Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Captain Jones, coming over to you, what, what's something that you've done during your time here that you've been proud of um, with the IG team, one of your projects? So, as the inspections chief, um, I <clears throat> get the guidance and everything from Command IG, Major Ventura, and, and as well as the deputy, uh, Mr. Fosher. So, we have a plan um, that we have ahead of time and just making sure that we execute this inspection plan and just being able to assist commanders, assist units, and here in the here in the soldiers, we've uh, had several sensing sessions as a part of the 
inspections that we do. Uh, so being able to be a voice um, because our in, our inspections, the CG General Allen, he he sees these. Uh, we write up a report and brief him on the outcome of the in, inspection. So it's uh, just being able to be a voice for you know the soldiers uh, at the lowest level. Um, because oftentimes they, they're not necessarily heard. So some of the comments and things that they make, we do take those uh, in, into the report and the highest level does see them. And staying on that, being a voice for the soldiers, I think uh, a lot of soldiers think of IG, the first way they hear about it is hear someone say, like, I'm going to file an IG complaint. So what what can you say about that part of your, your job? And um, maybe how would a soldier best contact you if they feel like they need to do that? Okay, yeah, there's uh, several ways they can contact us. Uh, email, we have that posted in places. There's telephone, we have them forwarded to our personal phones. You know, even during non-COVID times, we, off-duty, we'll forward them to us. Uh, you could leave a note on the door. You can, you know, leave it under the mat out front of our office. We have received complaints in many different ways. but Or requests for assistance, not just complaints. But one thing I want to clarify is that, you know, we will listen, but we will not become the advocate for the soldier, regardless of their rank or position. Okay, we listen to what they have to say, and if we can resolve their issue right then and there, we will help them by providing guidance and instruction and regulatory uh, support uh, on how they can resolve their issue. If we can't, we will just gather the information that they have, and then we will analyze what we have acquired and then we will go from there to make the right decision for the soldier and help them make the right decision um, and that's how that typically functions so to dispel that misconception like we're bad people number one we're not and the other thing is too we, we're not on your side if you come see us but to understand we will help you but we're not going to you know coddle you through the process you're not like the defense lawyers of the <laughs> army <laughs> no no absolutely not balls and strikes <laughs> that's it and so um what what kind of complaints can have you resolved like with that fast process where you give them maybe you inform a soldier of you know maybe how they can fix it on their own or maybe they find more information about it so so they're <clears throat> There are certain things that we cannot discuss. However, we uh, do provide, you know, where we provide the assistance, as Mr. Frocher mentioned. We can tell personnel where these certain um, regulations are. Uh, we can, you know, guide them in the right direction of um, what, what we what can and what cannot happen according to policy and regulation. Right. One of the primary things that we do is when someone comes in, we ask standard questions. And one of those standard questions is, have you utilized the chain of command in order to try to resolve your issue? Mm -hmm. Okay, and when we as IG say chain of command, we don't mean any disrespect to the non-commissioned officers. However, by definition, chain of command is a sequence of commanders. Okay, so we recommend always for soldiers to reach out to their company commander first, you know, using the open door policy or battalion commander or all the way up to CNCG on their open door policy if they want to. We won't turn them away if they don't want to do that, but we always encourage that because almost all cases or requests for assistance that come to us, we will reach out to whatever level commander we deem appropriate. Typically, it's the lowest level. So if they don't have the chance to resolve the issue at their level, 
we were not really providing that commander the opportunity. And we'll help the commander at that point resolve the issue based off of what we gathered. If the soldier releases their personal information, and then we can tell the commander who it is and what the problem is. If not, we uh, respect and maintain the confidentiality of the complainant, and we will try to discuss it with the commander without disclosing who the individual is. So there is confidentiality through the whole process. Absolutely. That's correct. Mm -hmm. If If the soldier requests to remain anonymous or doesn't authorize the release of their personal information or any documentation that they provided to the inspector general, then, you know, we cannot release that and we won't say it. But there are certain circumstances where it's going to be quite obvious who the soldier is, you know, um, and so we, even though we won't say the individual's name or anything, the circumstances surrounding the situation are going to pretty much indicate who the individual is. But even then, we caution the commanders or whoever we're working with that, you know, don't go after the individual that you think it is because I didn't say who it is and it could have been somebody else, could have been a third party complaining. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that that is who that individual, you know, was that filed a complaint. Hmm. Sir, you, anything you want to add? No, I, I just remember I'm thinking about the schoolhouse. Uh, they uh, on the confidentiality piece, they uh, equate it to a doctor-patient relationship as well, mm-hmm. and so they're going to keep things uh, confidential uh, up until the point you know may- maybe there's something illegal going on, or so we're, then we're required to say something. But uh, yeah, that just popped in my mind. So it's a little different than like the the sharp and EO process, where like for example, like if you told a chaplain something, like they would keep it confidential no matter what they they and they 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 can't make a report but you guys will if if it is something like that falls in like the sharp and eo bounds is that do you recommend that they go to that section or how does that absolutely if if it's not if it's not ig appropriate if it belongs to the sharp community or the program or eo or me uh eeo for civilians just as examples, we will refer to that agency. We have to let the other agencies do their process first, okay? And if the soldier or the complainant or whoever it is doesn't feel that they received due process of their, you know, working with whatever agency it is after they file their appeal, okay, based off the end result of the situation that they were in, they can come see us and we can conduct a due process review. But when um, we, we don't get involved before those agencies get to do their part first. Hmm. And um, staying with uh, your inspecting, like because I, I was part of one of the sensing sessions you did. And how why is it important to, to do those <clears throat> when you say like you're the eyes, ears and and a sense of the commander. Um, why is it important to keep the commander apprised of like the morale and, and the, the feelings of soldiers? Yeah, so we have a, uh, uh, so part of our mission is that, uh, you know, we guard the, the, make sure the stewardship is happening, the efficiency of the force uh, and overall readiness. And so we are equipped to utilize uh, several ways to go about gaining information throughout the force to do that. Uh, we conduct four functions. Uh, inspections, investigations, assistance, and teaching and training. Uh, and investigate, uh, excuse me, inspections. 
that's where we go out and, uh, and and you're talking about the sensing sessions. That's where we'll conduct sensing sessions and surveys. And as Captain Jones stated earlier, that's where we get that critical piece from the ground, from the bottom up, and we're able to capture some notes and see like uh, if things are running efficiently. We put that report together and share it to the CG for his awareness. Okay, and so uh, because you work for the CG, basically you, you're conducting those sessions on behalf of the commander, right? So that's kind of like your authority to conduct those, right? Correct. If someone says, no, I don't want to be a part <laughs> of this, like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's correct. Uh, the, 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 this inspection plan is approved months out before the fiscal year. And then we start uh, the new fiscal year with first quarter inspection, and, and so you know units already know the kind of at least the topics that we'll be we'll be inspecting. Um, and then as we get closer to that inspection, we will uh, brief the CG based on his guidance to us on what he wants from that inspection. We'll brief him our concept uh, of a, of a operation for that inspection, and once he blesses off on it, it becomes that directive. And then those units, then uh, uh, we are able to use his directive, which lasts for a period of time, to gain it, uh, speak to anyone we need to speak to, get uh, any information we need to sp- uh, get. Uh, and, and so that directive really allows us, uh, uh, kind of like the key, I guess, to, mm-hmm. to go here, go there, do this, do that. And uh, yeah, commanders here have been very receptive. Uh, you know, we've been able to get really great information, and I've not seen any. Uh, an inspection that went bad. Uh, they, we're, everyone's been very receptive that we teach them what we do and how, how we do it. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's been good. And uh, so you have, you have civilians and officers in your office. You also have NCOs. So is it kind of the same sort of duties that you all have or um, same kind of skill set? Y- yes. Uh, so, uh, so Mr. Fosher, he's our deputy here, and he's been here for uh, he's been doing IG for a while now. And so we really rely on our civilian, our civilians to be that continuity for us uh, here for us for the for the officers and NCOs. It's broadening. Um, typically, an NCO will serve three years uh, in in the states. Uh, however, in Korea, they'll they're here for one year, uh, uh-huh. and they have the option to add that second year. Uh, when they leave Korea, they do have an option to do a follow-on assignment, uh, you know, back in the States, as our previous NCOs just did. We just had two that left, and they opted to take uh, the other two years to, co- to do a continue IG assignment. But, yeah, it's broadening assignment for military. And whenever we do come in, we, uh, as the um, command IG and deputy, they kind of put us in different um, assistance um, NCIC, or we have a team for that, and we also have a team for inspections. So we just do both of those uh, primarily, and we also do, of course, teach and train throughout. Um, and if investigations come come about, then we'll do those as well. But we have a team that's kind of dedicated, uh, so we can focus um, solely on you know certain things. But whenever inspections do come around quarterly, we all take part in those. And throughout the entire process, each of us are taking those assistance cases, uh, helping where we can. Right. You you mentioned uh, everybody having the same skill set, and yes. Um, Every IG in the United States Army goes to the one Inspector General course at Fort Belvoir, regardless of what your rank is. Even the Inspector General of the Army went to the three-week course and learned the same thing a Sergeant First Class does on all the four uh, aspects of being an Inspector General. So, yes, when you leave the schoolhouse, everybody has generally the same knowledge base, on at least on how to uh, do the four primary functions of an IG. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because, like, for 
public affairs, like the, the officer course is completely different from mm, the enlisted, oh, but oh. <laughs> that's interesting to see. Probably one of the few that's, that's like that, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and I can honestly say that, you know, it is one of the rare cases that, at least in my military career, um, where you actually apply what you learn at the schoolhouse and you don't deviate from what you were taught at the schoolhouse. It is what it is, and that's what it is, and that's what you need to do to, to be able to uh, live by our motto, which is be right, then go forward. And so do you have any projects you're working on right now that you can tell us about? Maybe what you goals you guys have for the rest of the year? Anything like that? So currently we're actually in the uh, process of our strength and diversity campaign inspection. So that's something that's ongoing. Uh, a few of the uh, we're about a third of the way done right now, uh, doing about 13 units. So just talking about the diversity and inclusion in the 19th ESC. Uh, we had the in-brief, had good participation at the in-brief, so all at each level, battalion, brigade, commanders, they're all tracking. CG was there as well, command sergeant major. Uh, so we have really good buy-in. That's uh, something that we're, we're doing right now, um, and we'll, upon completion, get that report. Um, and if CG uh, decides to release it, then uh, that'll be a product that we do discuss later. Hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for coming by to all of you, and if anyone uh, needs to get in touch with you we'll have the information uh, in the podcast episode and then your office is uh, a little tricky to find but it's it's not at in 19th hq we have your own uh, standalone office but um we'll have that information in the the podcast description but just want to thank all of you for joining us and uh, thanks for listening here on the every soldier counts podcast don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode we'll talk to you next time